It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And gentlemen, I have to start out the podcast with this. Normally, we, you know, we casually talk about some topic and then jump into the Ravens news. But I want to I want to put a hard hitting question on your guys plate to start. When was the last time there was this much angst among the normally trusting and loyal Baltimore Ravens fan base? Banks. Trusting, like, I mean, I would say there's been a I lot was, of angst the last few years. I, I well, okay, let me put it. Let me put it this way. I would say that this fan base, for the most part, and obviously there's loud people on any side of an equation pretty much believes whether, you know, people go after coordinators, whatever, but in terms of believing in the ownership, the GM and the head coach, I would say that this organization had much more trust in the system or the fan base than most do. Now, most also have way more turnover than the Ravens do. I would say there was, hasn't been this much, you know, barbs thrown at John Harbaugh consistently or Eric DaCosta consistently for a while. It feels like it hasn't been for a while that this is like consistent, like, hey, please make a move as opposed to like just frustration. And then everyone kind of gets back on the train. You can tell me if I'm wrong. It does feel like it's at an all time high. It does. At least in recent years, it does. Um, I think. Well, I think there's a faction of people that really took the last half of last season to heart. A lot of close games. Almost all of them went against the Ravens. It was a shell of a roster. I mean, the expectation to have gone in and won hardly any of those games should have been next to nothing. And I think a lot of people had forgiveness for that and saw that at the time. But then they look at the picture of the way things have started with this three and three start. The team has played okay, but they just haven't closed out games. I mean, you look at a lot of the peripherals, oh. peripheral statistics. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Wow. What? Oh, I got some internet issues there, huh? Yeah, you. Yeah. It, it felt like it was going to be a full falling out, which hasn't happened in maybe like over a year now. You've been like very consistent internet-wise. And I, that felt like an old school Banks just drops well, totally out of the commission there. Comcast came by and did some sort of maintenance yesterday morning. And the internet- They did. I got those same alerts. You got, got the same alerts. alerts. Mm-hmm. I don't think the internet was hardly out at all. And then at points during the day today when I've been trying to blog or I've been trying to load a bajillion different golf statistics when I try to do those golf previews, um, it's just gone out on me. And so now we're trying to do a podcast and Comcast is just doing what Comcast does. So Yeah. What, what are the all-time nothing. worst companies? What, what an all-time update. Anyways, what, what got missed on what I was saying there? Not much. You can continue. <clears throat> Let's see. Where was I? I think that they were... Okay, the team is playing okay this year. The the statistics, besides the record, of course, three and three, not great. Point differential plus twenty. It's probably a you know that would be reflective of a four and two team, and we should be at least four and two, if not five and one, if not six and zero. We've struggled to just close out games. It sucks. It's brutal. It's a frustrating way to lose. I completely get it. Um, people want a lot of changes. They want quick solutions to things that can't be solved overnight. One of the biggest cruxes of the issue, I mean, the wide receiver thing is a massive, massive point of discussion. And it's pro- it probably should be. I mean, it's to think that Rashad Bateman was going to play 17 games 
and play it with good health was optimistic. It was optimistic to think even with him playing that wide receiver was not going to be an issue at times throughout the year. So as soon as he got hurt, of course, the passing game went to shit. It's been shit, relatively speaking, relative to what it was the first handful of weeks. So, you know, the the quick solution to it is to just get him back on the field. But these people still want some gigantic, massive solution to the wide receiver position. And for a rare moment in the middle of the season, like those solutions were potentially there. I mean, Robbie Anderson was the most available anybody's ever been on a trade block. I mean, anybody. Maybe other than Cam Akers is right now. Maybe true. I'd probably give it to Robbie Anderson, though, because he was already on the block, presumably, when they fired rule the week four. And then, of course, the all, you know, sideline incident. He was there to be had. And it was it was expected that you could get him for, you know, 50, 60 cents on the dollar, which is pretty much what he went for. I mean, he Robbie Anderson is not some mere receiver in the league, but he's he's had a thousand yard season in the league. He's had, you know, a handful of. I don't know, 75, 80 reception years. And it's been a couple of years since he's hit those high watermarks, but he's still a guy that could have been on this roster and really played a role. I mean, I don't know that we have a receiver that's, you know, larger than six foot or six foot one. You know, Robbie Anderson, six foot three, he would bring something different to the table. The red zone offense has been lackluster, I would say. I mean, Mark Andrews is doing what Mark Andrews does. Uh, Duvernay has made a couple special plays, but beyond that, I mean, we, we convert one more time in the red zone against the giants. We're not even talking about any of this. I mean, it's not even a discussion really. So that's clearly an area that could have been improved upon. And it was right there in front of us to just pick up the phone and offer the sixth or seventh, offer a fifth and a seventh, whatever it took to sixth, whatever. Like we always have the draft pick ammo and these were 24 and 20, 25 picks. That, um, I mean, I can't even remember who picked them up. I, I'm Hold. so old. Did I, did it, was it going out again? Oh, I've got internet <laughs> connection is unstable here, but I'm still seeing you guys crystal clear. Keep going. Keep going. We're just, keep going. Just get right through it. Tweet, tweet through it, my yeah, man. Tweet through it. Yeah. We're just tweeting through it. Robbie Anderson, like it was right there. It's just a trade you just got to make. Even if Bateman's coming back soon and you know that his health is there, like it was still something to address in the offseason. Um, I think the the team has this or like organizational philosophy about wide receivers that they're just that other teams use the cap incorrectly and they overpay for them. And they're probably correct in that philosophy. And so that's why they I mean, there were a lot of reasons to trade Marquise Brown in the offseason, besides the fact that he asked asked for the trade himself. His contract was looming, so they, you know, had that matzo ball hanging out there in the next year or two. Are we hanging in there? We're hanging tough here. We're battling through this thing. Um, They were going to have to either pay him or let him go, and so they traded him at a premium. But you have to know at that point that something has to be done to supplement the roster. And the answer is not Demarcus Robinson. The answer is not Andy Isabella when he comes around in week four. The answer is not Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> you got to go get a guy. And the opportunity to get a guy was in August. So I don't know if they're just holding out hope that they're going to get Odell Beckham here at some point. But the Robbie Anderson opportunity came and went in a heartbeat. 
and people were understandably upset. That was one of the really great partly interrupted. I don't even know how the audio is going to end up sounding there as you get interrupted. Hopefully because you just recorded it will work. This is it's going to be so clean on my end and you guys are going to sound it's going like to be so idiots. clean. And then he stops it's, again. I say, so we'll just, I'll just talk through this one as banks, as banks is frozen on our screen again. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. We probably will sound dumb as we like interrupt randomly when it's just cleanly going, having audio go through. Um, no, I think you make a lot of good points. I mean, the receiver has become this just like, you know, bellwether topic among all the fans. First of all, because it's a high profile flashy position where, you know, stars live and all of these other teams that are good have, you know, Stefan Diggs and, um, you know, AJ Brown and blah, 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 you know, go to the list. I will say that arguably, you know, the second or third best team in the AFC, I can't, don't think they're number one right now. The, um, the Kansas city chiefs, best receiver is Juju Smith Schuster. So it's not as if, you know, they're also, but they also, but they also have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I think that in the end, you know, you kind of touched on it there, Brian. The Ravens are like five to six plays and like 45 seconds away from being five and one or four and two or six and zero. Oh, in which this would not be getting talked about. The conversation would be like, look at what the Ravens are doing with no wide receivers and how great is Lamar. And down the stretch, they have not executed and gotten it done. So that's a, you know, a detriment that also receiver is not the only position that the Ravens have had issues at. So, you know, they have to look throughout the entire roster. Um, the Deshaun Jackson signing, which we can sort of get to here is mildly interesting. I mean, he's obviously a big name, you know, every year he kind of shows up on a team and has a little bit left in the tank and does a couple things and doesn't do all that, you know, and then kind of doesn't do all that much gets hurt most of the time, whatever, you know, we'll see whatever he gives the Ravens as a bonus as a 36 year old receiver, whose talent is based on, you know, his physical gifts as a, you know, incredible athlete and, and, you know, whatever. I think what's interesting about it is you're, you're seeing a questioning of the Ravens as a like culture and as like an organizational, you know, in terms of not only like their mental toughness and their ability to finish games and, you know, all those type of things that's being, that's being kind of questioned, but also, you know, Eric DaCosta in terms of, you know, guys like Kyle Hamilton and OA and some of his player um, evaluations are being questioned, which is, you know, he's gotten so many plaudits for what he's done in the draft and mo- a lot of a lot of it deservedly so. Um, and it puts the Ravens kind of at a crossroads. And this is what happens when a team loses. If the Ravens rip off four wins from here, this talk will be um, mostly in the past. But it's been interesting to watch the fan gaze get super angsty um, and, not, and, and show a little less of the like, oh, you know, couple of bad breaks went our way, you know, we'll be back. And maybe that's me giving too much credence to reasonable people um, that are among sports fans. There's a reason you're called a fan based on fanatic. And that's just what people are. Um, but it's just been a kind of a fascinating three days watching all of this talk, then get threaded through this weird Deshaun Jackson lens where it's like, why are they bringing in this guy? Blah, 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 blah. Um leading into a game that's leading into a game and then a portion of the schedule that has a ton of winnable situations in it. So a lot of this could get, you know, kind of taken away. The other thing, last thing I'll say about wide receiver, I think the Ravens put a ton of 
trust. And Devin Duvernay has turned out for the most part. I think they put a lot of trust in some of these other young wide receivers they've drafted over the last few years. Your James Perchés, your Talon Wallace, is even like Miles Boykin. And those guys have just not really panned out in any significant way. And they don't have any organizational depth of the position. It looks that yeah. way. I it's, mean, it's and it's not like this is the wide receiver thing has been like a new thing. I mean, people have brought it up for years. Oh, Banks was frozen and, and in the middle of it. Go, you go, you go. I literally like just said two words and I stopped because you were going on my end. So I just stepped back. But it, like whatever I said must have gotten to you like teen seconds after I started. I'll let you repeat it if you want. I've already lost what I forgot. I mean, I've already forgotten. <laughs> Well, and, moved, huh? the the wide receiver thing again it's it's low-hanging fruit like it's been a conversation topic for years like going back years and years and years to like the brashad perryman and like so again the like i don't i mean i get why why ravens fans are frustrated because it seems like they'll never be able to draft and develop that number one say what you want about tory it's like he was never that clear-cut number one bateman has the look of it, but it's like, it's not there. So what do they do? They always go out and they get these retread guys. And it worked with Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden and Derek Mason. But it's like, you know, it didn't work with Des Bryant. It didn't work with Willie Sneed. It didn't work. It's, you know, chances are it's not going to work with Deshaun Jackson. And I don't think anyone is thinking Deshaun Jackson is going to be Steve Smith part two or, you know, Anquan Bolden or anything, but it's like, I mean, I get where the fans are coming from when they're pissed off and like fed up, like, I 100% get it because it's, again, you got clamoring and clamoring. Like, we need something. Like you said, Robbie Anderson's out there. DJ Moore is out there. Like, Odell Beckham is out there. And it's like, oh, we got Deshaun Jackson, who's 35, and and his hamstring is going to just fall off the bone the second Lamar's 80-yard pass touches his fingers. Like, that's I mean, that's just yeah. going to happen. But I, I don't know. Again, I I see where they're coming from. Because again, the wide receiver is clearly a position of need. Like you said, they have no depth there. Um, it, I mean, something has to be done, and I don't think Deshaun is is really the answer that people are looking for. It's it's an issue for sure, and we can acknowledge that it's an issue that they need to solve. But it's it's also not why we're three and three. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a contributing factor, but false start or a, a legal formation and a bad snap and a bad decision by Lamar to just throw an absolute prayer up is, is one of the big reasons. Um, my connection continues to be unstable and I continue to talk, um, because that's, I mean, what else are you going to (laughs) do? But I mean, what are we, this is a joke Comcast. Um, but like, we got to look at the big picture here. We we are three and three, but we're also in first place in the division. We have the game up on the Bengals. We have the schedule out in front of us. We get a Browns team that's, you know, somewhat decimated and they're playing poorly. They're right there, right for the picking. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to beat the Browns on Sunday. We're probably going to beat them by, you know, 10, maybe 14, something like that. And feel, everybody's going to be feeling all good. And everything's going to be right in the world. And then we're going to go down on a short week to Tampa and play Thursday night football against Tom Brady. That team is struggling, but we're probably going to lose that game. And then the sky will be falling all over again. And then we might go to New Orleans the week after that to try to play a, a Monday night football game. And winning on the road in a different time zone is hard no matter who you're playing. So there's a chance we lose that game too and the sky will be falling at four and five. And the outlook, 
truly not be that bad. Because the team is good. The roster's good. As long as we have our health and we got guys coming back, Tyus Bowser's coming back soon. Um, David Ajabo could be coming back at some point here, or coming back or making his debut at some point. Bateman's coming back. Stanley's playing more and more. Gus there Edwards. are good things. There are, yeah, Gus Edwards. There are good things on the horizon here that indicate that we're going to be better in November and December than we are now. But we're choosing to, to dwell on these things that are, you know, they're disappointing and they're frustrating. I totally get it. I'm as frustrated as anybody. But like, that doesn't mean that you have to just call for the GM's head, you know, the guy who's given us the roster that, that set the expectations where they are. Our expectations are high because of the great job that John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta and Ozzie Newsom and all these guys have done over the years. You throw that out and everyone's going to be picking up the phone, trying to beat down their door to hire that guy tomorrow. You know, it just, I, it's a perpetual cycle and I'm calling the shot now that we're probably going to be four and four in a week. It's very possible we're four and five in three weeks. And we're like, I'm going to have to say the same thing. Like we're fine. Like, of course we would have rather have won those games, but like big picture, we will still at worst be, I don't know, a game out of first place with that game in hand on the Bengals with a much easier schedule down the stretch and a better team for it. So, you know, if, if you can't handle it right now as a Ravens fan, like you're in the wrong business. It's football. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. We've lost a lot recently. And that's what I was going back to at the beginning of this whole discussion was that people have globbed on that all those losses at the, you know, at the end of last year as somehow related to these losses. And it's just not true. It's just, it's just, just a completely different team. Real quick, going back to Taylor, your original question, like when was the last time? And again, my answer is just completely, my view of this is completely skewed, but when was the last time the fan base was like this up in arms or whatever you want to say? I think it was, my guess would be after that um, Broncos blowout loss in 2012 before the, the playoff run. Then they, then they lost that game at home. In terms then of a mid season, like freak yeah. out. And yeah. then they went on a run and, and uh, it, it, cause didn't, did they fire called? Was it called well after that one? They. I think it was called well back they then. They fired. Cam Cameron. That's who it was. Yes. Someone yeah. called well. Yes. Yes. So th- I think that was my guess is or like my answer to that was like that. That's when it seemed like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Like this is going nowhere fast. And then like they like limped in the playoffs, obviously. And then, you know, what happened in, tw- in the in the 2012 playoffs. But yeah, that, that was my answer to that. But again, thanks. Going back to yours, the the four and five. If the, if the Ravens are four and five and they lose to the Bucks, they beat the they beat the Browns. They lose to the Bucks. They lose to the Saints. People are going to be, like you said, furious. I'm, I'm like multiple articles from from people being like, you got to fire Harbaugh. You got to make a change. That's that's the hot tweet right now. You got to make a change. I don't know what it is, but you got to make a change. Something has to happen. It's like, well, like you said, those guys are going to have jobs before the phone's hung up. Like, good luck. Like, have fun firing them. The stretch sure. after that is is Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers. And then we finish with the Bengals. I mean, look at the rest of those games. Should we be four and five? I mean, I know I, I'm kind of saying like we'll probably be four and five. We'll, we'll probably be five and four, but like it's very possible that we fall to four and five. 
I'm still looking at that slate of games and struggling to see how 10 and seven isn't the worst outcome, you know? Yeah. So shit, 10 and five, like I could see a 10 and I mean, they realistically could reel off all of those games. 100%. So Aaron Rodgers relaxed sign. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's, I think there's people who've been like in my DMs or oh, asking me if there's is um well, he's still gonna say it. We're just gonna hear it late. The the part about the DMs. I thought you heard that heard that clearly. We We're caught up. We yeah. got it. We got so, it. Yep. There there have been people in my DMs asking if there's like turmoil at the castle. Like if if players have, have they lost the locker room, if it, you know, like they're just taking you know, a, a couple upset players like, you know, Rashad Bateman's tweet after signing Deshaun Jackson was probably probably not a great sign. He just threw an LOL out there, <laughs> whatever. And then Marcus Peters has had a couple episodes because he's a competitor. I wouldn't have him any other way, which by the way, if you don't have any faith that the team is capable of going out and getting a guy midseason that can make an impact for the rest of the year, look no further than Marcus Peters who made that trade. Yeah. Eric DaCosta. So give us a break, man. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that the um, the the, you know, angry mob at the gate needs to needs to hold off with the pitchforks here for a little bit. And this is definitely a turning point. You know, this is a and we can you can turn here to the to a little bit of a Browns preview. This is a Browns team that's that's reeling, lost three consecutive games, two of those games at home. Um, they are, you know not very good their wins are over the Steelers who are not very good and the Panthers who are probably the worst team in football um they beat the Panthers by two uh to start the year um they've lost Talk about the their Jets. wins oh you talked about their wins the losses <laughs> they've losses, lost some bad yeah. teams Jets Falcons Chargers Patriots uh Jets looking like a better loss and they should have beaten the Jets they gave the game up at the end uh, Jets have played well since then um falcons are not good chargers are okay patriots are not good so this should be a get right game for the ravens if they can come out and and kind of do what they do uh, it would be nice to win two consecutive home games and kind of start to turn that tide a little bit um you know this this would have been before the suspension got extended this was going to be i believe the debut for deshaun watson mm-hmm. it is now no longer that uh which is nice to not have to deal with that uh, that storyline media circus, that media circus, um, cause it certainly would have been and, and rightfully so considering what he's the things he's been accused of doing, um, and, and all of the stuff that's gone on there, which is not good to say the least. I don't think I need to tell anybody that. Um, but this is a, this is a, this is a game the Ravens should win. I think it's as simple as that. There's not like a ton of breakdown, almost even worth doing <laughs> like, this is the Ravens have a more talented roster. They have a better coach. They're playing at home. You, you should beat the Browns and it's the Browns. Yeah. Kind of and Lamar, Lamar, somebody asked him what, um, what their attitude is, or I, I forget the exact wording, but he says, pissed off, pissed off. And that should be the answer. So I expect them to go out and play pissed off. And um, I think it's going to be an ugly one for the Browns. Browns is the Browns. Browns is the Browns. 
would love Jacoby, to see Bateman. Jacoby Brissett has had a very interesting career. Like he's always been a guy that you watch and you're like, oh, like if someone just like gave him an extended chance, maybe there's something there. And sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad. I hope he's like making a good amount of money. It just feels like he's just continue to stick it out of the NFL. I'm sure he's made a decent living. I mean, he's been on the Patriots, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Browns. I feel like that's it. But he's only 29, which is kind of wild. I think I would have said like 32 or 33. Yeah, he's a he, mercenary. Yeah. 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 He goes in there and just gets his brains beat in because it was him. Wasn't it him? For the Brady suspension, and then Garoppolo yeah. came in too. Yeah, Garoppolo got hurt, and then yep. Brissett took over. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yep. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's been around. I fe- I feel like co- the Colts paid him. I think like a decent amount. Um, because yeah, he was there, and yeah. then and then they got Rivers the next year. So I think he, he, he's, he's gotten around. some chances. Like he's gotten Miami. a semi extended chance. Like he's gotten more chances than most would, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just the New England magic or something that teams just think that they're going to find, which isn't to say that he played lights out. I mean, he played well, but he had a good roster with him. Yeah. And a good system yeah. in place. And a good hell coach. Of a coach. Yeah. So, yeah. He doesn't scare anybody. No. You know who would have been a nice yeah. guy and they just can't because the, sorry, RDT, they just can't because of the contract situation. Amari Cooper would be a nice fit on the Ravens right now. I know. I know. And he's just he, gonna waste. He's gonna waste away this year on a Browns team that's gonna win five or six games, maybe. And that that just seems wrong for Mr. Cooper. He's, got he's a guy that. that the league. I mean, it's the Cowboys, but like the perception of him league wide, the way people talk about him, they trashed him too quick. Like they just called him that, washed. That came from soon. the Rave, the Raiders. Wasn't he was was he Raiders and then Cowboys? That's what it was, right? Correct. Got drafted yeah. by the Raiders, yeah. had two thousand yard seasons, then kind of wallowed a little bit, had some injuries, got to Dallas, had two really good years, mm-hmm. fell off a little bit last year, and then got traded. Yeah, no, but Banks, you're you're right. I mean, he's written off as like you would think that he was like a I mean, he's twenty eight. He's you would yeah, exactly you would think that he's like a Justin Blackman, like all the talent in the world just just doesn't do it. You know, can't, can't translate to the field. It's like, no, he's, he's many, been pretty damn how good. How many Pro Bowls do you think Amari Cooper's made, guys? Probably, I'd say three. Five. Made four. I mean, yeah. I would think, I think people would say that that that's less. I know he got the big contract. People thought, then people thought he got overpaid by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I think he's really solid. I've always thought he was really solid. Well, and it's also like, it's not like he's a dickhead. It's not like he's like getting DUIs on the weekends. It's like, I people just don't like him because he played for, I mean, arguably two of the, the most hated franchises out there. I you know? oh, did not realize Jermaine Carter Jr. now on the Browns practice squad. How about that? Hmm. How about that? Former Maryland Terrapin Michael Dunn also on the uh, on the Browns. So you got that. Uh, predictions for this one. I don't think there's any real need to, to, <laughs> to go on and on and on about the Browns. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go right to predictions. 31-14, Ravens. Um, I'm tired of guessing in the 30s because I feel like we always go 30s and then it's just way under, obviously. Um, 24-13 Ravens. I do think it, one guy that we didn't say his name at all and we have to, it, it's Nick Chubb too. He's just he's very, True. very good. He's very, he's very good. He's good at football. Yeah. Yes. And I will never not laugh at his standing up straight in the backfield. 
That's going to make me laugh so much on Sunday. I I don't even think the Ravens deserve my benefit of the doubt to get a double-digit win. 28-24. Like, prove it to me at this point. Yes, sir. Yeah, 28-24. The Ravens are – go ahead. No, go ahead. The Ravens are six-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 45-and-a-half, I believe. Just to put that out there. And you guys – have you guys seen the announcers? Nope. Nope. You don't want to guess? CBS. This is a Andrew Catalan game. That's what I was going to say, Catalan. Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, Melanie Collins. Okay. Andrew Catalan is headed to Nashville to call Titans Colts. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the Titans and Colts play like eight times a year. They played two. They played three weeks ago. It really, yeah, yeah, they, they do. They wouldn't shock me if they were playing in week 14. It really, yeah, would they, not. they play after the bye, too. This is after the bye. This is, I believe, the week we said is one of the worst weeks oh, we've seen. Fuck yeah, here oh, are the right. five. Right. Here are the five games CBS has. This is, I mean, this is Lions, Cowboys, Browns, Ravens, Titans, Colts, Jets, Broncos, and Raiders, Texans. Those are their five <laughs> NFL games this week. They I are mean, sending, and they just must have said to Romo, like, hey, we're just going to give you a home game. Go to Dallas and call the Dallas game. I mean, the best game is Titans-Colts, I think. It might your be Ravens-Browns. The AFC South division race is your kind of thing. Like, yeah. There are yeah, two, I mean, games, there Ravens- two teams both above 500. The, be- the, the best the best game, actually, from the entertainment standpoint and the hijinks, don't is say Jets, Jets Broncos. Broncos. Don't say it's Jets. Broncos. It is. It is. Well, it's not not if, not if not if you don't get Jets. Russell. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Russell has to. Yeah, if Russell you has get, to be involved. Didn't we look up their backup? It's um um. Is it Rippin? I think it's Rippin. Yeah, I feel like we looked this up a while a couple weeks ago. I think it is Rippin. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, the Russell Wilson stuff is incredible right now. I think it was Tory Smith who said it. Tory has a pretty good yeah, Brett judge. Like, yeah. Tory's um, judgment seems to be pretty good. I think, I think it was him. And he just straight up was like, this dude is fake. Like this dude just says stuff to like make headlines and get out in front of people. Like he was like, I don't believe Russell Wilson is like anything that he appears to be, which I agree. He's, I think he's, a, I think he's a bum. I think he's a he's been far too common in my in my morning newsletters i am constantly yeah, putting russell wilson drama in it's every in week personal newsletter yeah every some of the pictures some of the thumbnails i'm getting are ridiculous yeah like, he's the he's, one yesterday i guess it was this morning ridiculous i don't even remember what it was it just looks like some sort of model shot Is, oh yes 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 that, yes, that, yes, yep. that russell wilson just just got too he's almost like too involved in celebrity culture at this point and is mm-hmm. he's almost he's like as you say he's just playing a character almost yeah he's like charlie sheen in Ma- major league two he's just lost in the sauce yeah yeah because he's always kind of been this way but it feels like he's now just dialed it up because he probably has been in like a room with 40 brand advisors who are like mm-hmm. russell you know you really win tiktok is this, huge this yeah, like just you know, but you're you, you're the faith family football guy. Like this, you just gotta you know. That's why people love you. Blah blah blah. 
And instead, yeah, he just sounds like disingenuous. You should go out to midfield and put your arms out and just start spinning. People will eat that up. They will love it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, it almost feels like he's they're trying to, like, craft. Unless he's just totally lost his mind, which I guess is possible. But it feels <laughs> like he's just, like, very – he's being very carefully crafted right now in a bad way. And maybe that's him leading the charge there, or maybe I think maybe that's just who he is. Who knows? I think it's been that way for a long time. There was I think a, he was just hidden in Seattle. A preseason, it may his first game well, was Monday Night also Football. Good. So I want to say mean, that nothing matters when nothing matters when there are forty touchdowns a year, and then when you suck, that's when everyone comes for you. And he's, he he, he had the uh, the Monday Night Football opener, and so ESPN that day, I think, dropped some big expose about who Russell Wilson has always been. Mm-hmm. And there's a story in there about how he met with some agent or something before his transfer to Wisconsin even, and was talking about brands and building an empire and all kinds of crazy shit like that. So like, I don't know if that story is true. It could just be crafted to make it look a certain way at this point in time, but based on all the, the, the entire article was that this guy's just been this puppet I don't even like just fake. I don't even know what to call him anymore. He's been this way for a long time. The funny part is he was successful. I mean, he is making a ton of money on mm-hmm. the field. He's making a ton of money off the field. He's married to Sierra. Like he kind of did all of the things that I guess he set out to do. If I haven't read that article, but if that's, you know, he has built a pretty big empire on himself. The problem is, is, he may, he may be playing himself right now because he's just bad at football. And so he, he starts to get stripped down where maybe he needed to just get out. You get, got to get out early at that point. But I mean, he is so bad right now. They are just, they're bad. Maybe this is one to keep an eye coach. on for six weeks from now. Well, I'll be really interested to see where that situation's at by the time he gets to Baltimore. Well, the Titans play, December. the Titans play him in three weeks. So I'm like, I'm keyed in on this. This yeah, keep that injury. stink up, man. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. By the way, the Astros game—they just showed a whole row of Asian nuns going crazy with their orange towels. It was quite a scene. Before we, since we have, there's no real Orioles news to discuss. I think we can get closer into a uh, to an off-season preview here at some point, but not much to talk about. Do you have any any thoughts about your Astros, Banks? You're on the record on this podcast as being a huge Astros guy. Well, I love them, and they're in a tremendous spot here to repeat history and, and beat down those scumbags up in New York City. Um, that's a, really all I have to say about it. They've been mashing. They've been dominating all postseason. Um, yeah. they If they go all the way here, man, I mean, they've, they've got their title. They've been to another World Series. Maybe two more and another title, you start to think about some dynasty talk. I think they would need oh. to go get another one to cement that, but they've got quite a run going here. They need to get out of the eighth inning now because there's guys on first and second, and oh. there's two outs, and they're up two. So, so what? They're I fine. think Dusty Baker has to win this one. That's true. That's a good point. This is becoming all about this is going to become very much about Dusty if they're in the in the I'm surprised they haven't brought it up more tonight. Well, at least when I was watching earlier when I had the sound on. Like Brian Anderson do the didn't do the whole, you know, when they did the whole like what a great baseball man thing for 15 minutes that they do. 
they didn't give the, you know, but he's just never been able to win the World Series as a manager after so many opportunities. You, you know that they were itching for the Mets to make it so they if they could have a, um, a buck dusty. Oh, that these guys is going to get it. And yep. and it'll it'll what? complete the baseball cycle. Yeah, and, might know, put him right into the Hall of Fame. Yep. And the and worst we'll part hear, for we'll... both of those two is that the guy that's winning his first World Series of Manager's name is Aaron Boone. Aaron Booney Boone. That's what's I, the I, Dusty Baker thing's crazy because it's it's going to be the year twenty thirty five, and Dusty will have been at, at two other jobs, and now he's with the Las Vegas expansion team that <laughs> launched in 2027, the Las Vegas athletics His he's, his son will have retired after a mediocre journeyman career and is his bench coach. And he's going for his world series title in the yeah, 2035 at, at, world series at 90 at 95. Yeah. That's, that's the trajectory that we're on here. Yeah. They're wheeling dusty out again. Yep. <laughs> the first, yeah, the, the uh, Las Vegas team is the first team to have a, uh, um, a rubber strip going from the dugout to the mound so he can uh, wheel his way out with his electric wheelchair to take out the pitcher. You got to think Matt Carpenter's <laughs> going to strike out here. This is what he's done in every single spot so far. He's, I don't, I, doing, I'll try not to ruin it, but he's the George W. Do. Bush gif. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> taking the ball from the speaking pitcher at the mound. Of, speaking of a Texan, George H.W. Bush, more of a Rangers guy, I believe. That was he, a, was he a Rangers guy? Or yeah. A, Rangers. Well, w, 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 owned, w owned the Rangers, but I think HW was also a Rangers guy. I think HW was. Yeah. As well. Yeah. W. More on W later. Yeah. Yeah. More W talk. Um, let's get to our let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, you can use the promo code exit52 to get 20% off on Fed Thrill sunglasses. It is starting to get cold, gents. It was very cold today when uh, when I came back from work. So that's a shame. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be sun out. That doesn't mean you can't get use out of sunglasses. So get your fed throw sunglasses today and holiday season coming up right around the corner. Good stocking it stuffers. Is, it is October Ooh. 19th or something. We have got a frost advisory for the morning. Oh, God. Western Maryland, I mean, they said, could get one to two inches of snow. Oh, no. Our Frostburg listeners, bundle up. No. I don't think this is the podcast for it. I think my, I think I'm starting to get just out on snow. It just is now way more of a hassle than it is. Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Let's put a pin in that one. Probably for the yeah, December yeah. 4th podcast. Yeah. We can talk about that later. We can talk about it later. All right. With Russell Wilson. In, in honor of Russell Wilson, great lead in. Cause we we're just talking about Russell Wilson. Um, Bad sports contracts is the draft this week. Bad sports contracts in honor of Russell, what's looking like just an abomination of contract. Thankfully in the NFL, it's a little easier to get out of the abomination of a contract. Um, unless you're the Browns and you fully guaranteed to Sean Watson, but <laughs> we are talking bad sports contracts. Banks, you have the first pick RDT. You have the second pick. I have the third pick. So, Banks, you can start it off. Worst sports contracts. Do I want to do it to him? I mean, you're going to do it. No, no. No, you actually wouldn't do it. You won't do it. I won't. Because he could get hot at any point. He's not so, even technically a free agent yet. Right. 
even though this was his last year on the this i mean this is just such an off the it's somewhat off the wall but it's just always stood out to me as the gold standard it's not the biggest contract whatsoever but i think just the way a player just like contract year played out of his mind and then just got a fat contract and then did absolutely nothing i don't know why carl pavano just sticks out to me so i'm going to take him first overall just a massive bust he got his big bag from from the wheeling and dealing Steinbrenner Yankees, absolute bust. Oh. He went on a good run, too. With the Yankees or when he was in yeah, Car- Florida? Yeah, Carpovano. Unexpected first overall pick, but that was a bad contract. It was a really bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I am... Who do I want to do? Do I want to do? Um. Oh, oh, I know what it has to be. Let me look this up. Hold on, hold on. I it just came to me. I missed it out of nowhere. Um, um, hold on. It is going to be. I have to go, Josh Hamilton, with the uh, Angels. Five for 125 um, after his kind of renaissance. Like he had that really good year with the Reds randomly and then hopped over to the Rangers and was awesome. So good. Um, people forget he got absolutely owned by Brian Mattis and everyone and then Joe Saunders and every other pitcher in that uh, wild card game. Like his last at bat, he was getting booed off the booed out of the batter's box uh, because Brian Mattis just completely obliterated him five-time all-star 2010 mvp um you know made it to i believe the world series with them i think twice with the rangers and then signed with the um with the angels and was just awful like really really bad um let me see i want to find his his full i want to find the full um 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 numbers for him in in la because he was really, really bad. And he ended up even like going back to Texas. And then he's had a bunch of legal issues since. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, he only la- I didn't realize he only lasted two years there. So he hit 31 home runs, had 123 RBIs, hit 255 with the 316 on base percentage. And yeah, just really, really bad. Again, I mean, that, that was a good season for him in Texas, 31 and 123. Like he was so awful. And again, you couple that with like, his off the field stuff. He only lasted two years and I'm sure we'll get into more, but the angels do not get well, Taylor. This is right up your alley. The angels just do not get enough shit for the amount of bad contracts they sign. So Josh Hamilton, congrats. Awful, awful contract. There are some I guess more, not, there's, not some, really, there's, one, there's another angels one that's potentially going to get taken here. Yeah. It's not really that like shitting on Hamilton because he got his money and good for him, but it's more again on just like the angels. So I'm going Josh Hamilton. Uh, a lot of different ways I'm going to, I could go here, but I think I have to start it out with a local one that a lot of people are aware of. I think I just need to get this one, get this one off the board. Um, no, I'm not talking about the person you're thinking of. I'm taking Gilbert Arenas, uh, Ooh, which at, the, yeah. which at, which at the time, that dude was the most exciting athlete in this. I guess Ovechkin was around too. So it was like those two guys in the 07, 08 type of range. 
Wizards sign him six years, $111 million. He proceeds to destroy his knee and then proceeds to bring guns into the locker room and, and get into a, a, a battle with Javaris Crittenton. What a name. Who's in jail. Who's in jail currently. Um, awful contract. And I think even Arenas is like on record as being like, yeah, what a terrible job by the Wizards or whatever. <laughs> um, so tough one, tough one, tough one for the Zards. And I love Gilbert Arenas. I had his shoes. I have a Gilbert Arenas jersey. I love Gilbert Arenas. Absolutely horrible contract and really has set up the Wizards for this. They also have an, another candidate on the, for this list um, for this just purgatory that they've been in for essentially a decade other than some, some okay seasons five years ago. But at least with Gilbert, his issue was the injury. The knee injury absolutely derailed everything. And that was just a freak of nature play by Gerald. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes a bad contract ends up being out of a team or a player's control. And that's definitely mm -hmm. this one. It just got exacerbated by the fact that he also then helped like destroy the team's culture. Yeah. With the, yeah. with the suspension, but the, you know, I'm sure we did, but banks, we, we, I'm, we had to have gotten like a deep dive. Here's what went wrong with the wizards and like a black and white picture of like Eddie Jordan. And then, you know, like something from ESPN, I'm mm -hmm. guessing. Yeah, we're going to just turn that into an entire career after his career on podcasts and such. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's another, he's made for podcasts. He really is. He really is. It's kind of amazing. He's hasn't found his way on the TV somewhere just as like a, like he just, I'm shocked. Maybe they're just, there's too much baggage with the gun stuff. Yeah. But how he hasn't gotten across the table from Stephen A at this point is pretty surprised. Yeah. He yeah, feels like a guy that ESPN would not as like a regular guy. Now he's not going to NBA countdown. He's not, but like, Hey, Gilbert, Arena, maybe he has, and I just haven't seen it, but like Gilbert Arena, Tracy Morgan was on freaking first take this morning. Like, like, Hey, Gilbert Arena is on first take, you know, throw spitting, you know, hot takes at Stephen A. Maybe he has like an exclusive deal with Fubo or wherever that show was on. But um, he also at one point had a show with Mia Khalifa. I mean, what a career mm -hmm. this guy's had. I remember that. So I'm taking Gilbert first. Town's finest. Yeah, I'm taking Gilbert first, and then I'm 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 getting it on my team. I'm taking Chris Davis. That's that contract stinks. It's so bad. It's just so bad. And guess it's what? Not Max? over yet. Can I tell you something? It's over. It's over. I'm sorry. It it's is not. It's over. It's can't over. It out. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get hot. He can't see the ball. He can't do anything. You, you just can't roll it out. Good for Chris Davis, by the way, for figuring out how to hit. 40 plus home runs for a couple of years in a row got paid great memories. Love Chris Davis. Seems like a class act, but a terrible he was contract hitting everything in spring training before COVID hit. So I mean, that's, that's the real casualty the pandemic. My blog, he's going to win MVP and comeback player of the year. <laughs> Thanks Biden. <laughs> Anyways. Um, RDT. I will Joe. see that one. And I I've long held on to this one. I think this contract is worse. Miguel Cabrera's contract. Mm. Eight years, 248 million. He signed it. Uh, after we could have just done baseball. We really could have just, yeah, done I mean, baseball, baseball is just littered. Um, but the, the, the Miguel Cabrera one, eight years, $248 million signed after, or going into his age 33 season. That's insane. I mean, 
it's and yeah. and his his number since then. So 2016 was the first year after the deal. 31 home or I'm sorry, 38 home runs, 108 RBIs. He had 316. That's fantastic. 393 um, on base percentage. His home runs the next year, we're going to get a little Mike Francesa. 16, 3, 12, 10, 15, and 5. That's it's in, it's like nobody's brought that up. Again, for a team that that has young guys like, you know, like the Orioles. Well, the Orioles weren't really in that position, but like last year we saw the Tigers. Like they have the farm system. They have these guys. And they're just way down. I mean, they have they they have to play him. Like Cabrera is there, and he was chasing all those milestones: 3,000 3, hits, five hundred home runs. Like he was chasing all of those, and they gave him, they gave him a pity all star appearance this year. <laughs> yeah, like he's getting stuff like that. Like at least with the Orioles, it was like Buck would be like, "Hey, the beginning of September, Davis, go. You're sitting down because we don't want you to strike out two hundred times this season." That's literally what they would do. With Miguel, I mean, he was just getting hurt. That's the thing. Like, Davis never – he had those back injuries and, and tweaks and stuff like that. But, like, Cabrera's games played 158, 130, 38, 136, 57, 130, 112. So, like – and, again, I mean, this is arguably one of the greatest right-handed hitters we'll ever see. And ever since he signed that deal, I mean, you can't sign a deal like that going into your age 33 season. It's awful, awful. And, again, I mean, he's – Coming off a, a year, we only, he only played in 119 games, hit 18 home runs, and had 76 RBIs. But he hit 338 and had an on-base percentage of 440. So, like, it makes it okay, but... And I don't I know think, if you mentioned it, there's three more years left of this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, oh I think he's God. got... He is... He is the, they are on the hook for... Read how I much he's owed. have some options. I guess he can become a free agent after 2024 based on some things. He's owed theoretically $92 million over the next three years. I think that's worse than David. I think it's so much worse than Chris Davis. Yeah. Just Chris because. Davis is, yeah. Oh, it's but, worse. Oh, it's awful. It's a horrible contract. But like it's you'll have there. people who are like the Davis contract is by far the worst deal ever. And it's like, no, I think it looked bad because he was striking out a ton. Like that was the thing. The optics the worst of part it. for the Tigers and your fans is you love Miguel Cabrera so much. Mm-hmm. And if you're the organization, you almost had to sign him because, like, he's your meal ticket, right? Like, he's why people are coming, and, you know, he's your he's a legacy he's of a Hall certain of era of your, of your program. It's, like, such a hard decision to, like, let him go. He's going to – a first, 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 first ballot mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. No doubt our Hall of Famer has never, you know – Really stepped wrong for the most part. Eh, like he got he got I mean, that yeah, DUI some, yeah. while yeah, he whatever. was holding the bottle of tequila and asked the the policeman yeah, if he wanted. Something. So 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 is everybody. But the <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, but in terms of there, I mean, he's got to be beloved. I'm assuming he's just beloved, and he's probably going to be less beloved because I'm sure if you're a Tigers fan, you're like, get this guy off well, the team, especially before this year, because you're like, we've got Spencer Torkelson, who's a top three prospect, and you're like. Get this fucking guy out of here! Like Spencer obviously, Torkelson, who then proceeded to have the worst rookie was year awful. in the history of baseball. So with that, that's probably worked out better for you because you're like, oh, thank God, now we can now we can put him out there because we don't have anyone else. But yeah, I, I think that I think that's awful. It's 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 an awful contract. Real quick too, how many MVPs did uh did Miguel win? I had just had it open, so I will not guess. You know, Brian, do you know? I just looked at his baseball reference. Two. Back to back, the the triple crown year in 2012, 
and then uh, the year before, yeah. Where I, again, I mean, his numbers, his hitting numbers are insane. He, he had a three-year run from 2011 to 2013 where he hits 344, 330, and 348. Like, and then again was hitting 38, 30, and 44 home. Even runs. with all these bad years, his career, his career, his career slash line is 308, 384, 524. That's gross. And, and you look at his strikeout numbers. Like he just the most he ever struck out was 148 times in his second season. That's a good that's a good first half for Davis. Thank God they gave the MVP to him over that clown. Triple crown. Oh, he deserved it. A triple crown is more than Mike Trout's ever won, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Sorry to Mike. Just want to point that out. Good. Good oh, win. Sorry for, to him. It's good win. Uh, good, good win for the Eagles this week. Yeah. He had a, he had a big weekend. <laughs> big week. Big Monday. Thanks. Taking Albert Hainsworth with a seven year, $100 million contract. That is a terrible um, contract. Just. There are contracts that are lengthy contracts where guys have maybe not lived up to it the first couple of years, and then things just go south because of that, and it takes time for things to deteriorate, and then you're just kind of stuck with somebody. Albert Hainsworth was a disaster from the minute he signed that contract. He had legal issues. He hit somebody in his, I think his Ferrari and paralyzed them at one point. Um there's the iconic image of him <laughs> laying down, losing his footing and just laying down against the Eagles where like Donovan McNabb is scrambling around the, the backfield, creating a play and Hainsworth, like, you know, easily could have gotten up and involved himself in the play and just didn't. Um, and he the showed best. up to his first camp completely out of shape and, and Mike Shanahan laid into him the entire time. And it just, yeah, it was a terrible contract. That that play that where he's I think it was Vic where he's running around the best is the Reds or the the Eagles offensive lineman it's kind of like looking around and he's like like waiting for him to get up like I think he just like puts his hand on him and it's kind of like I'm I'm just gonna kind of leave him here like there he he did an interview with someone where he talks about how like when he met with Vinny Serrato and and Shanahan they were like we see how you guys play in Tennessee that's how we're gonna do it here. And the second he walked in to the training camp, he was like, this isn't the defense you said you were going to run at all. And they were like, well, what do you want us to do? And so he was like, all right, fuck this then. Like, and he was like, that's where he got his bad attitude from, where he was like, they lied to me, whatever. Like, I'm going to fail my conditioning test. I'm going to do all this stuff. So, yeah, it was the second he signed that was – and I remember being – I woke up at 5 a.m. and saw that, that he had been signed, and I was heartbroken. I was – a mess. So, so two things on that. Apparently, Tennessee's final offer to Hainsworth was four years, thirty-four million, versus seven years, one hundred million. Mm-hmm. Just talk about two wildly different valuations. Apparently, the Buccaneers were also in the mix with a similar offer as the Redskins. Um, but whatever. Now there is something here too about um, Hainsworth in the scheme. He said he couldn't survive another system or season in this system if it stays the way it is. That was after a 45 to 12 loss to the Giants on Monday Night Football. Yep. There's a chance that that was the, the before Shanahan and that was actually the Zorn game. I'm was not sure. Zorn? I don't know. Like the fake, remember the fake uh, field goal hole thing that they did the one time? Yeah, I don't know. That might the have been swinging gate play. I'm not think, sure. Right? The swinging gate play. Yeah, ridiculous. Just goes to show where that franchise is. <laughs> but um, 
Albert Haynes, I mean, just a complete disaster. He's got a rap sheet at the bottom of his Wikipedia page. Just when you've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs in your legal issue section on your Wikipedia page, that's when you know. Stepped on Andre Gerard's face. That's that's right. Another game he was I was awful. watching. Another pick for you, Banks. So we've looked at this from the lens of um, teams giving players bad contracts. I'm going to go with a player signing a bad contract with a team. I'm stealing your thunder here. I'm taking Mike Trout. I'm taking Mike Trout signing again with the Angels. It's a terrible contract just because it left him in the situation he's in. Um, he had his, you know, his way out lined up if he just waited and waited. And there was all these free agents that were blowing up the market around him. You had Manny Machado. You had um, – Bryce Harper in the mix just at similar times. And he just decided to stay where he was and cash in there with a loser franchise. I've said my piece on this topic. <laughs> RDT, you have any, anything else to say? No, God, fly. I, agree, Eagles, fly. I fully agree with the pick. E A G L E S Eagles. He could be playing the NLCS right now. Or the ALCS. Or the ALCS. It's true. Could be it's patrolling good. center field for the Yankees. Good pick. Good pick. Um, my next, correct? Mm-hmm. We are going to another franchise that we've mentioned a couple of times on here already. I'm taking the, I think they were Las Vegas Raiders going into um, John Gruden. 10 years, 100 million. Did not work out for them. Wow, that's a good pick. I like it that pick. Did not work out. Um, and it probably, that that contract probably saved them some money because didn't they want to give him, they just wanted to give him stock in the team. And the NFL was like, no, you can't do that. So they just turned it into like, all right, we're going to give you 10 years, 100 million, 10, 10 a year. Um, Obviously, it was a second go round, but yeah, we uh, we know what happened. Why he's not there? Watching all that unfold during I forget what Monday night game it was. Forget, but watching all that unfold uh, was pretty fascinating to watch. Um, and let me see, I'm trying to see how much he did get paid out after he resigned. Uh, team still owed him forty million guaranteed at the time of his resigning. The two sides reached an undisclosed agreement in late October. So again, I don't know how much he actually got signed or how much he actually got paid, but the fact that it was 10 years, hundred million for a coach in the NFL, where he famously said you're hired to get fired. Like that's, that's it. That that's a move that only the Raiders, the Raiders and like a team like the, the Redskin commanders football team would make. So I thought that was a, a pretty bad deal. That's a, that's a good one. I, I did not have that one listed. That's a, the yeah. old coach contract. Mm-hmm. It's rare that you get a coach contract. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take one here that I admittedly would not have remembered because it's just not a sport. I, I follow as closely, but I just love the absurdity of the entire situation. I'm taking Ilya Kovalchuk's 15 year contract with the devils that I was reading about here before we started. They offered him a 17-year deal, and the NHL they was like, like, no, 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 <laughs> you can't sign a 17-year deal, which is absurd. 
but they signed him to the deal. And then like, Kovalchuk was just like, nah, I'm going back to Russia. <laughs> like, just didn't want to play in New Jersey. And then came back. What a bizarre situation. So that's a horrible contract. 15 Capital's years. great. 15 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Capital's great. Ilya Kovalchuk. I just find the 15-year, like, I don't care if this guy had played in New Jersey for 10 amazing years. There's not, you can't justify signing any professional athlete to a 15 year contract. That is so ridiculously insane. And the devils should be rightfully, you know, abused for that. So I'm taking that. Good one. They were, uh, I was at the pause and write mine down here. Um, uh, what do I want to take here next? What do I want to take here next? Yeah, I'm going to take a similar one to, to Miguel Cabrera. I'm taking the Pujols Angels contract. That has just not worked out at all. And it's nice that it is nice that Pujols is getting this like feel good send off that he's had that he got this year because I mean, the last five to six years have been, you know, pretty whatever for him based on the money that he's getting. So I'm going to take that. It's very similar to the, to the, to the Miguel Cabrera situation where I think he was like in his age 32 or 33 season or around there. And they gave him a kind of a similar deal, less money. Um, And the, the angels, I mean, the angels have three contracts on this list. And they could have another like four. Yeah. There's yeah. yeah. They're such a joke. RDT. Um, I am going to kind of follow um, you, Taylor. And this is where I thought you were going to. And the, the may, Banks may have may have this one. Rick DiPietro, who signed a 15-year, $67.5 million deal, um, was a 2008 All-Star. And then the Islanders ended up waiving him in 2013. They have to pay him $1.5 million, which isn't too bad, uh, up until 2019. But again, like a 15-year deal is like you nobody should be signing those deals, let alone a goalie. Like that's just that's just not what happens. And again, he just got hurt so much. They just ended up having to cut him and now he's getting paid. So again, that's a that's a that is a contract that the Islanders would sign. Like a 15-year yeah. deal for a goalie. That's just that's laughable. That's that's just outrageous that they would do that. It's not good. It's not good. He was a first overall pick and he fell off the map when they gave him the big contract. Mm-hmm. And I think he was the only goalie ever to be the first overall pick. I don't know if that's changed, but I think that was the case when he got drafted. And I don't think anybody's been drafted first overall since. Trying to read. Um, bu- 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 um Yeah, I don't see. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, not great. Not great. So moving my way here. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Yeah, that's starting to look really bad. Yeah, it's just there are a lot of bad contracts in college football. Ones with just extremely huge buyouts. And Jimbo Fisher, look, I mean, he won the national title with Florida State which is an absolutely stacked roster. And I guess you got to give him credit for having built that roster. But he has lived off of that in a way that I don't know that any other coach has really parlayed 
you know, hitting a jackpot. I mean, Gene Chizik won a national championship and he was out of a job within what, two, three years? Like two years. Yeah. Three yeah. It's incredible. But Jimbo Fisher had a job and that's actually one of the more interesting, like inside the turmoil behind the scenes, the Florida state athletic department is actually a really interesting story um, where they wanted to just start to invest in all these different sports after uh, Bowden left. But he parlayed what is was probably top 10 job when he got it and he won a national championship there and he left it for another job that paid a ton of money and AM paid out the ass and they like didn't just pay him but they gave him 10 years with like a 60 plus million dollar buyout it's and the results there have it's not a disaster but it's not whatever they're supposed to be paying him for it's not even close so I'm going with Jimbo Fisher there. It's good. College college coaches. I think they, they said on part of my take today, being an SEC, or I think it was Andy Staples who said, like, I'm not good enough to get an SEC coaching job. I just want to be good enough to get an SEC coaching buyout. Like, it's yeah. a, college, college football buyouts are just, they're animals. Like, must be nice. I guess it's going better than I had thought. It's 34 and 14, and he's 21 and 12 in, in the SEC West. It's pretty respectable, but they paid him to but they paid him to be in the playoff. Like they, they paid exactly. him to make the playoff, and he's you know, he's doing the same thing Kevin Sumlin did there. So mm-hmm. I don't really... think he's made he Any hasn't difference? made the SEC championship game, let alone the playoff. He's got one win over Alabama. <laughs> he's got a win over Alabama. And other than that, they I mean they were a trendy a little off the map playoff pick this year. Um, and they have Tennessee, the recruiting class Tennessee is currently, them? yeah, they had the number one recruiting class. Tennessee is, and they're paying all the NIL money in the world with collectives right now, the players. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, the Tennessee is kind of doing what AM. I think people expected AM to do. Like they are ascending in that way in the SEC. That's a good pick. Uh, you have another one, Max. I don't know which way I want to go with this. Deshaun Watson. Have to take Deshaun Watson. It's early and, you know, but it looks real bad right now. And I, I think to think that it's going to be all that much better is pretty optimistic. The guy hasn't played in over a year and a half. And I think there's this expectation that he's going to just come back and be Deshaun Watson, who I already thought was a touch overrated in his time in Houston. Um, But like, just to give him the amount of guarantees that they gave him, I mean, NFL owners are furious about it. That's how bad the contract is. Like how often, I mean, I'm sure there's grumbling. There's probably grumbling behind um, owners when, when the Rangers gave, a-Rod, his first contract, that kind of blew that whole scene up. You know, 10 years, 252. That was like the new gold standard for a massive contract in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure owners grumbled about that when it happened. But this is a contract that people have publicly groaned about and said this is just so crazy outside the, the parameters of what the contracts should be for quarterbacks like 
It'd be one thing if it was just Deshaun Watson straight up, but it's Deshaun Watson with all of these allegations attached. And I just don't see where that contract is ever redeemed to the value that it has. Yeah. Very fair. Very fair. It could be the first overall pick when we do this draft in a year, two years, three years, whatever. Correct. Could, yeah, yeah could that's, be that'll be an interesting and one. And like to look far back and on. away the first overall pick. It could be like yeah. the easy one one. Carl Pavano will get taken off his <laughs> Carl Pavano will get taken off his perch. Uh, my last one. Correct. Yep. Christmas Eve, 2004, the Atlanta Falcons gave Michael Vick a 10 year, 130, $130 million deal with only 39, 37 million guaranteed, which actually doesn't sound like that much. Like for a guy like Michael Vick, you're like, oh, okay. Back then, obviously, it was a big a deal. Marketing machine. Like he, yeah, marketing I mean, wise, bigger than Lamar was, even though Lamar's oh, a superior player. Yeah, I mean, he had the cleats, he had the shoes. I still see those shoes. I mean, the Michael Vick experience commercial was all-time commercial, a multiple commercials. commercials. Him with yeah. To in the that like, I don't even know what described that. It was like in the what in the, the rain. And to, he'll finish. There was the one where Vick just goes all over the field, obviously, and then just delivers a dart to Terrell Owens. They're playing in like different uniforms. It was, it was like in the rain. It was somewhat animated, but not. I'll have to look it up. I don't yeah, when it. you find it, it'll unlock a memory. Yeah, uh, the nostalgia. I remember. I mean, the Powerade one where he throws it out of the stadium, obviously. But that yeah, too. I mean, the guy was the guy was a marketing. Just he was everything you could ever want. And then first two seasons of the extension, he was he only completed fifty three point nine percent of his passes, thirty five touchdowns, sixteen twenty six interceptions, and the Falcons went fifteen and sixteen. And then that is when the dogfighting scandal broke. So obviously he didn't get all that money. Um, I think they said he only got thirty-nine million for the two years, um, which again I, I know a lot went to. I mean he had to pay a lot of stuff, um, legal fees, court fees, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, again, I mean it was it, that was a contract that was bad because of it was his fault. It wasn't really the team's fault. Again, I think that's a pretty team-friendly contract for a guy. With that had that was talented like Vic was. Um, he was just an absolute idiot and a straight up criminal off the field. So that was a, I think that was a pretty. It, it wasn't big. It wasn't up there to be number His one. His Eagles contract could also be in there too. On the but the other way around, correct? Or at, what, yeah. what? What did he sign for? Because it was like a bar. I mean, it was bargain, right? No, not if they gave him the extension after he had the one year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he came in at the back of the extension after he had the big. Yeah. What was it? What were the numbers on that one? I forget. They ended up giving him. Uh, I just had it open because I was thinking about drafting it. Um, I don't have it in front of me anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah, I am gonna go outside of sports for the final pick of this draft, mm. and I'm, I'm gonna take a true music tragedy. I think both of you guys know the name I'm about to say. This young pop sensation signed a seven record deal with Black Ground Records. Oh, I read this earlier. <laughs> after yeah. releasing Leave, Get Out, and Too Little, Too Late. We're talking about JoJo, who then went through a seven-year legal battle to get out of her contract, and her career never got going. We're talking about 
one of the youngest people to ever have a number one single on the Hot 100. We're talking about Too Little Too Late and Leave, which are absolute certified fuego bangers. Which We're one's better? About too Little Too Late. Yes, 100%. Um, and, and I love Leave. Get out, Leave. I mean, Banks has been there for an <laughs> epic performance I put on that one. With he, he was involved in karaoke wise. I think Just, JoJo I came onto that the scene is something I wish when I was tape. <laughs> I think JoJo came out, I think, when she... She's my age, and she was 13 when she hit the scene. And 13 year old B over here, it was. I think everyone, ha- I think everyone had a crush on JoJo at one point. Yep. And she could rip her famous, her one of her other claims of fame. She dated Freddie Adu. <laughs> two, two truly tragic stories of athletic failure. Um, so I'm taking JoJo. Could got out, finally got out of her deal. She's put some songs out. She actually has some decent songs, and she's put out nothing that's made it big. She's uh, um, she's big on TikTok. Yeah, no, she's still very pretty too. She's you know, she can really sing. Mm-hmm. She can really she's sing. very so very talented. Unbelievable. You can't even now find the original recordings of those songs. Sometimes on like some of the streaming services, she's had them like taken off, and she like re-recorded them. And How to Touch a Girl is a good song. I mean, she had some very good songs. Some recent songs. That's the draft. Um, Banks took Carl Pavano, which was one of the really shocking number one picks in the history of the drafts. Um, Albert <laughs> Hainsworth. Uh, why am I? Oh, I wrote Mike Trout, then parentheses Angels instead of Banks. <laughs> um, Albert Hainsworth, Mike Trout, Jimbo Fisher, and Deshaun Watson. RDT took Josh Hamilton, Miguel Cabrera, uh, John Gruden, Rick DiPietro. And um, Mike Vick, Mike Vick, and I took Gilbert Arenas, Chris Davis, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, Albert Pujols, and Jojo. Uh, there's a number of, I mean, Bobby Bonilla is the one we didn't take, and it's a why good is, contract. Why is it bad? That's what I don't it's know. An Every, it's yeah. just a retirement, like it's the same thing as an employer giving you like 401k, but they give you a pension instead. Everyone like, makes a, fun of pension. Him. And they're like, what an idiot, Bobby Bonilla. And it's like, why is he an idiot? I've never understood that. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's not even for the Mets. It's not a bad thing. Like, it's not a big deal at all. And everyone like pokes fun at him. And I've always been very confused by that. So thank you, Brian, for. For 1.2 million a year, lump it all together and give it to him in 1990 or whatever. It's worth so much more than the 1.2 in today's money. So mm-hmm. it's a it was a it was a shrewd financial move by the Mets. It probably saved them a lot of money at the time. Which again is the Mets. That's a very Mets move back then. Like, you know, with their owners and, and, and how then they, they, they gave money to Bernie Madoff and all that. So that didn't that, turn out no, too bad. No, that was tough. But that was a bad contract anybody who gave him money. That's an all time bad contract. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so i did i wasn't gonna go because we said sports contracts so i was gonna stick to it um i had a whole page of like um american idol contestants every anyone who signs a contract with america yeah those are really really stuttered. yeah yeah like like here this is um contestants have been outspoken about their contracts that they must sign with 19 entertainment in order to participate once signed the production company is given 100 control over merchandising touring sponsorship movie deals season 11 winner anyone know taylor season what season 11 winner oh man um i wasn't scotty mccreary philip phillips 
Oh, that's what the other guys are going to say. Damn it. I almost went with double P. He oh. sought to, f- to uh, avoid his agreement with 19 Entertainment, saying the contract was oppressive. JoJo is number two on this list for uh, four of the worst entertainment contracts. Number one is TLC. Um, oh, I read about the TLC thing. Yeah. yeah they, they, their contract with, with LaFace Records gave them 56 cents per album sold, which then they had to split three ways. That's insane. Like, that's terrible. Oh man, they said it equated to 200k for every million albums sold before taxes. On top of that, TLC was delayed royalty pro, uh, payments, had to file for bankruptcy despite having grossed millions. Like, man, the music industry is just fucking awful to be in. Awful. I That's wasn't crazy. sure. Right. Those are my um. I thought Taylor. I had John Wall as another one, but I didn't want to kick him when he was down. Hmm. I'd uh, CJ Wilson is probably the biggest, like, mm-hmm. like got absolutely nothing out of the contract for the angels. Yep. He was the other uh, one that I said, like the, the angels could have a couple on here. He's there with Pavana. Like he's just talk about a guy who just pitched his balls off for a year or two and then cashed in, in a big way. I got that, um, that head, uh, head and shoulders. That's right. That's right. Um, you remember Yager. That was a bad contract. That was a big contract in hockey at the time. That was tough. I'll finish it for him. That was a really bad contract. It was really <laughs> was tough awful, just because awful he went on and balled out in New York and tons of other places afterwards. It just sucked in, in D.C. Picked our ass for a decade, then came to D.C., sucked ass, and then moved on and kicked ass everywhere else. Man, that's, that 68 jersey, too, it's like still it's a great jersey to see. Uh, I laugh every time I see it. No, I'm still salty. I, I do laugh. I enjoy it. I'm still salty. They like they went all in. They push all the chips in the middle with Yager, and it was a huge bust. And they traded all my favorite players away that I grew up with that I love dearly. Peter Bonder being paramount mm-hmm. for that group. Like he's the biggest one of them, but they traded away all kinds of guys and it just sucked. That was one of the worst weeks of my childhood. I mean, talk. That was like the ultimate fire sale. I can't remember oh, a team fire sailing. Good too. And I mean, people could probably hear. It. We're just going to sound stupid because it's going into his audio. Yeah, you are going to sound stupid as per usual. <laughs> Let's get this thing over with. <laughs> the, uh, the the Nick and Redley Maryland person of the week. I'll start because I I. I'm, it's Taylor Swift because what Midnight's, Midnight's, her new album comes out tomorrow. But the breaking news here, is, and, I, and I'll, be, I'll be a bit general because, you know, there's some legalese involved here on Twitter. Your sister, Eric. And- I know. She's texting me. I need Taylor's number. I need it. I'm like, we're in the middle of a podcast. Well, she got it because she may have just sent me music that is coming out soon from artists previously mentioned so we're podcasting right now i, I need you to text I'm, me right now i know i'm going to i was going to after i need I your sister's number part. eric <laughs> <laughs> so your sister has absolutely destroyed my focus on this show i could not be less focused on what we we're talking about right now the last 10 minutes of the draft, I barely listened. I don't even know how I got that JoJo part out. 11.04 when I texted her your number. 
What a hero your sister is. What an absolute hero. I hope you all go to jail. Oh, you're stink. You're the, you're the guy with stuffed animals behind you. I know. I realized halfway <laughs> through. I realized very early on. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, JoJo lined up all her stuffed animals. They're all up here. I texted her a picture of, I was like, oh, I'm, we're potting. And she was like, tell Eric to make his background less creepy. I was like, it really couldn't be less creepy. Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> JoJo sets them all up here and they they watch, they they do whatever. They They watch Ninja Turtles with her so so just for the record i don't know what these files are i don't i haven't listened to anything so we are we cannot be yeah that that'll that'll go over well in court jared yeah. from subway i yeah. don't know what these are on my computer <laughs> that's a heavy accusation yeah come on you, once again from the guy with the stuffed animals behind him <laughs> yeah but i have a child it's okay it's not like what are you how, guys how are we it? how are we supposed to know <laughs> it would be creepier if you guys had just a, a, a couch full of stuffed animals. It would be. I say that as the guy with the master's gnome sitting behind me. No, the gnome. No, we've we've gone over the gnome before. We have gone. We have gone. Well so, but regardless, regardless of, it's a tie. Your Annie, your sister, and Taylor Swift are the two Nick Cannon Bedley Maryland people of the week for me. Now. You, got a, you have a low bar then to a tie with Taylor Swift. That's your who, sister, by the way. You yeah, give some props for your sister you earning some, some accolades coming after here. your background. You're going after what do you guys come on, get it together? Yeah, <laughs> that was a perfect cutout for that. Was very good. That was very good. Uh, in all seriousness, this album has the potential. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, she never disappoints, and I just there's just she's just so constant in our lives or in my life. and She's the best. And the real question is, this album comes out at midnight. There is what she is calling a chaotic surprise at 3 a.m. I'm hoping tour dates. I need tour dates. I need them. Need them. You didn't talk about the um the Thursday night football? Clarissa, Clarissa yeah, I don't Thompson? Really, I don't. Yeah, that was weird. Clarissa was Thompson weird. spitting out Taylor Swift references was bizarre. It was like very forced. Yeah. It's like, she was like, what do I have to read before I do this? Yeah. Very strange. Thanks. You want to go? Sure. I'm going to take beef right now. Uh, actually, I'm going to change that to dirt. Uh, dirt's probably a better word. I love the NFL drama that's going on. The owners just at each other's throats, led by that Jamoke Dan Snyder. <laughs> I hope that guy keeps his job forever because the stuff that comes out from that <laughs> franchise just keeps me so young. It's like the fountain of youth for me. I love it. I, I love it. Dan's I screenshotted it. They're, they're, they're just rolling. They don't even know what I'm talking about right now. But Dan Snyder, no, we got you, like, he's a gift that keeps on giving. And now we got Jim Irsay, who's another fuck. But I guess I'm uh, like him being the guy to stand up and be like, yeah, this guy, this Snyder guy, we don't like him much. He's a real problem. Unbelievable. I love it. And now we've got stories of, of um, Jerry Jones going, Jarrah, Jarrah going at uh, Robert Kraft. Robert, what do you say? Don't fuck meetings. with me. Who knows if any of these are true, but like, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. Like we can mm -hmm. just believe whatever we want to believe because Snyder might have dirt. He might not. He might make dirt up. Like they, like the leaks of these things are so clearly coming from, from Ashburn or wherever. And, um, like 
it's just gold. Like, and it's just going to keep coming. The worst, like it's, it's going to break out exponentially. Like it's just going to be like a contagious disease until they get this guy out. But I hope they never do. Cause it's a, it's like I said, it's a gift that keeps on giving. They try to vote him out. They're going to, they're going to legal battle this thing forever. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when it's going to get real good. When the depositions come out, when discovery comes it's gonna out, be the we're going to get Michael text Scott messages. Oh, it's going to be like, so good. That's hundred percent. It's going to be so be. good. So I'm just taking dirt. I like expose by, by ESPN, just putting all that out there. And I, there's somebody close to Dan Snyder who just pretty much committed career suicide, at least as it relates to their job at, in DC with how specific they were about all of these things that Snyder has said, there's no way that the Snyders don't know exactly who that is. And they can't fire that person right now because it's going to be obvious why they fired them. And they probably know things that if they fire them, they know dirt on the Snyder. So like, it's just like, it's a big dirt off. It's a dirt off. It's awesome. I love it. I am so excited to see where this keeps going. One big dirt off. It's time to get it's. It, I think we got we got to get this show over with here. I'm so, here, like you're you're talking and you're stopping, <laughs> but I'm here. I've got you plain and clear here. Already, already. Uh, first of all, Banks, you're absolutely right. The the NFL this situation is incredibly entertaining day to day. It's amazing that it's so localized for us. Also, in terms of it's normal, you know, it's just every. I mean week to week we're sort of in and amongst the Washington football, you know, discussion about anything that happened, you know, Ron Rivera and Wentz and like all those other small things. And then surrounding that is this just giant issue of weather. And now like, yeah, you get the Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft thing. Like these guys are powerful, rich, egotistical guys who want it their way. And when those things clash, it kind of makes you – Roger Goodell gets a ton of stick, rightfully so, for a lot of things. It's amazing to keep a job where you're essentially the one managing all of these owners. That's – I mean, what a job. What where, a, And he gets paid handsomely for it, but what a job. They've been a unified front for, like, so many years. Like, the Shield is truly, like, 32 owners that all seem to be – for the most part on the same page about things. And I feel like that's a really difficult job and a really difficult thing to do. And he's done it. And this is the breaking point here because of the one screw is just a little too loose and he's got to go, but he's got to bring everybody down with them. I love it. I'm just happy that there are says are the moral compass where people are like, yeah, let's listen to them. I've, <laughs> I've always thought those Ursays had some good ideas behind them. The fucking Ursays. RDT, who you got? Uh, I'm just gonna certainly keep... not, certainly not Annie, certainly not your sister. You're not giving her. Uh, she's not texting me back now, so. Oh no, you know. Um, um, I'm gonna keep it close to, again to all of us, two friends for putting out mm-hmm. another another banger. There were their issues. There were issues. It's it's a well known thing. The 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 debut Saturday night was admittedly difficult. I I thought my internet was like Banks's. I was like, ah, oh, this fucking internet. I'm gonna kill these people. And then I'm like, and then like I saw, I think you texted and were like, anyone else choppy? And I was like, oh, okay, it's not me. And it was and then I texted, guys, I can't even see anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lauren at one point, because you know, it would play and then it would stop. And it would play and then it would stop. 
And Lauren at one point was like, I, this is giving me a head, headache. Like I have to go upstairs. He's like, I can't watch it. And I was like, no, no, no. Like it'll, it'll come. It'll, it'll go. It never came. It never came. The morning is when it came. It was tough. And I watched in the morning and I've watched it and listened to it on the illegal SoundCloud. I have not yet. Oh, you haven't listened to it I yet? Need a need a proper setting for that. Oh man, I listened to so it all day while I we work. May I just, we may have it in the works. I will say, well, our 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 talk about George Bush, the one of the drops that they put. Not, I'm, I'm not spoiling anything else, Banks, but the we must defeat, we must get rid of the terror. Now, now watch this drive. He <laughs> put it in there. Yeah. I think that is it was high that on is the draft one of the all time clips. I think pound for pound, that may be one of the funniest <laughs> things that has ever happened on this earth. Like just that entire scene. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so that I, I crack up every time I hear that in there. Taylor, have you listened to it yet? I turned on the beginning to see if mine worked. I have not listened to it oh, all. Oh man! Through. All right. Well, because we, I we also want to. The friends are going a proper to be listen. doing it together. Yeah, oh, okay. and honestly, okay. I can't review it anyway. I think you have to listen to the thing like four or five times to give it a clear yes. review. Yes. Yeah, and we'll talk. I I need to link up with you guys after you listen to it then, because I do, I need. Yeah, to see. we'll talk. I mean, I maybe on next week in a couple of pods. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're also announced the tour dates. They're coming to DC next. Twice. June two times in a row. So yeah, yeah. We'll probably make our way down to that. I would think. Yeah. RDT, have you seen them? Would you come and see them? Do you have would, that in you? I would see them. Wow. <laughs> Dude. Oh man. I'm out of my element going to these things at this point, but I your father that. with, with teddy bears yeah. behind you, teddy bears yeah. and SpongeBob's and Minnie and Mickey. Yeah. Everything else got taken down. <laughs> yeah. I would see them. Do you have a, um, a dead or alive for us. Oh, I have honorable mentions. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I've just started using the word proper a lot more. Like, oh, that was a proper blank. Proper. I, I'm not, that's not original by me, but I just, something I'm getting into now, I'm just using the word proper a little more. And I'm going with Manny Machado and then the Padres. The Padres are doing their, you know, did their job today. Um, took a prop for Machado at a home run. And for them to win and that cashed, that was a huge home run for me there in seventh or eighth inning. Um, so yeah, let's go pods. Let's go dads. I do have a dead or a lot. So, um, I was down to a couple. I have to figure out which one I'm going to go with. I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, Dick Cheney, dead or alive. Oh, he's alive. Alive. Fuck. Yeah. Happened to also look at his Wikipedia last week. Oh man, yeah, yeah, but it, it, that's one we that's one that's yeah, gonna be there would have been a lot passes. more. There would have been a lot of stuff if he had died. There would have been a lot yeah. of jokes about him shooting that guy. It's a big deal when obviously it's a big deal when vice presidents and presidents bat. I mean, that's like a full couple of days of a news cycle. I would have figured just because he had had health issues and then the whole shooting incident, and like it's been a while since let's see, he left the office in 08, right? He was two terms, wasn't yeah. he? He Dude. did both terms with back to back with, uh, W. So I mean, he's been out of the public eye yeah. for most part for fourteen was, years. I would have thought that he was there. A chance that people would think he'd be dead, but he's alive. He's eighty-one. I mean, I would have thought he was eighty-one when he was on. I job. would have said I would have thought older. Yeah. So Richard Cheney, maybe not my best. Maybe I give you one um, of my bonus ones. My my ones that are on here just for fun. Uh, little bub. 
celebrity cat. Oh, that's, is that? Yeah, he's dead. Died. Died December first, twenty nineteen. So we can't even wait. Wait, what? Did you get that? No. R.I.P. Little Bub. Mm. December first, twenty nineteen. I should have put the link on my sheet so I could give you more information about Little Bub. But fucking Little Bub. That's the sad cat or the ugly or the what cat little is it? Bub. What about what about spaghetti? Looks like a little cross-eyed cat. You guys remember the spaghetti cat video? <laughs> I do not. Spaghetti cat, 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 cat. What about a neon cat? No, Jeez. I do not. Yeah, guy. Oh boy. Well, Bub was eight. Ah, uh, little boob. <laughs> Fucking little Bub. All right, let me cross off little Bub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's an all-around-the-world type of show there. Listeners, if there are audio problems or weird audio issues, we apologize. I think Banks is going to use his recording, and all those audio issues will be just me and RDT realizing there's connection issues and whatever, so hopefully it's okay. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors, Thread Level Midnight, um, Jimmy Seafood, Fed Thrill. Follow uh, Barstool Banks. Follow E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me at Terrace Point 10. You can follow the podcast at Exit 52 Podcast on all the social media platforms. Um, I've got things to go listen to, so I'm going to go do that. Yeah, we'll you're going to need to send me those, please. Yep. I'll see. We'll see. it. We'll, I'll tell you who's not getting them. Eric, you're not getting them. Jail. My dad's a lawyer, so. Oh, okay. 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 I cannot wait to spend thousands of dollars on Taylor Swift tour tickets. I just cannot <laughs> wait. Oh my God. I am going to, I give her and will continue to give her so much of my money. And I just won't think twice about it. We'll see you next time with the Expedition 2 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.